It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Welcome back to Off The Bar, brought to you guys by Green King. And uh, the last time me, Joe, and Jay were here, Joe put it on me and was like, no, Steve, there's loads of reasons to be cheerful. Here's some of them. I've already apologized. I apologized last week. Do you know how painful that was for me? Me apologizing to him on this channel. But I did it hmm. because he was right and we were wrong. Well, you were wrong. And I, just yeah, went, was, I went away. I went along with you for the ride. You Do you know what I mean? You led me astray. Serious sleeves on that. I didn't notice them before. Um, well, yeah, so you started it. Uh, Loose. I won't be taking any questions at this time. <laughs> <laughs> what I will say it's is... It's see you're not making a statement. There's been what, enough of them recently. What yeah, I will Jesus say is, is that the season isn't over. Ten Hag is still the manager of Manchester United at the point of recording. At the and, point of recording. <laughs> you know, the FA Cup hasn't even started. The Carabao Cup hasn't even started. Yeah, we, we could we still have our them. best season in a decade. Right, okay. However, yeah. what, Again, my, low client, bar, low bar. what yeah. my client and I do have to admit is that it couldn't have got a, it couldn't have started much worse, could no, it? Not have we won a game since then? Is yeah, but winning a game such as sort of what does that mean? Do you know what I mean? What is that? Such a subjective it's term. Such a subjective thing. Like winning. No, or have winning we lost and really losing. Bad? Was that mm. before the Arsenal game? That was before the Arsenal game, Steve, that one. Shit. And then we went on to lose three on the bounce <laughs> after that. So it's, it's again, what is winning, what so is losing? It's we lost all subjective. Every game since. Yeah. Yes. Did someone get suspended since then? I believe they did. I believe the Anthony yes. stuff came out after that. Pretty much, yeah. Which meant that the Sancho, the Sancho stuff, stuff came out, came out, out after yeah. that. Yeah. Which meant that the Wambasaka injury came out after that. Yep. Yeah. So, <laughs> other than that, you know, if we are, <laughs> and do you know what the best thing is, right? Like some of the reasons we was given to be cheerful were like, oh nah, nah. <laughs> oh nah, nah. Hey, well, yeah, can't keep he didn't have a good game. Yeah. Yeah. And nah. I'm not saying he's in, not. In I still, Munich. I still think he's a good lad, but. That was one of our reasons to be cheerful. Tough stuff. And then we sort of, you know, we've been a kiss of death for him, haven't we? Yeah. Plus, players are coming back from injury and they're not. We're getting more injuries. Right. Do you know what I mean? It's like... Well, let's look at this a different way then. Okay, please. Instead of me trying to be positive, which... Oh, oh sorry, everyone. First of all, I apologise for trying to be bloody positive about my football club. <laughs> <laughs> Instead of me trying to be positive, let's have a look at what has gone wrong. 
let's, long, let's try and see six hour special I thought we were only doing an hour yeah, yeah exactly exactly let's try and see what has happened oh, and then okay. maybe in our own minds without saying it out loud we can infer how those things could potentially <laughs> not go wrong in the future but for now I'm not going to sit here and say I'm there were so many I'm caveats and double positives yeah. in there that, that I think it's it was of, negative it, mm. it's one of those things where it's like double think positive, of a number think of add two double it divide yeah. it by two and take two off have you got your original number I basically said a sentence that sort of said loads but nothing all at once yeah. basically should, what the f, f has should gone wrong should work for United with statements happened? like that let's start with the injuries because that might be the most the least P to blame of all of the things so we'll get to the ones where people are to blame don't worry about that but oh, it mean, is as in a person can blame yeah I disagree like, okay well th there's a perfect start so let me just rattle through some of the injuries and you can tell me why you think that there's someone to blame so we've got the list we've got Mount, Varane, Shaw, Malassia, Hoyland, I know is. I, I would rather you do this and I'm going to request that Alexis does this that this is this list of injuries is done in a formation as an 11. Okay. okay. So yeah, I like that. Uh, we've got... Tom Heaton's recently back from fitness. Tom Heaton's recently back. But, but we're, we're going to put him in there. We'll put him yeah, in. we need a keeper. Tom Heaton. Then yeah. we've got a back four of Wan-Bissaka, Varane, Harry Maguire and Luke Shaw. Yeah. Which that, that started games for Manchester United. Uh, it started many games for Manchester United. <laughs> you've, you've also got Malassia on the bench at this. Malassia, yeah, so you, need backup, you need a backup We've defender. got more backup for our injured 11 yeah. defence <laughs> than we have for our real defence. Keep going, I like it. Uh, a yeah. midfield three of Amrabat, uh, Maynou and Mount. Arguably better than the one that's playing. Genuinely a, a yeah, decent yeah. midfield. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And a front three of unavailable players of, I mean, we've got Hoyland on this list because he's not been able to play four games. You can, still, you can do it without it. You don't need him. Well, anyway, so we've got Sancho, Ahmad, and Anthony, is your front three? I'm going to trade Anthony. Sorry, I'm going to trade Ahmad for Greenwood because he's not available yeah. Yeah. and may never be available. Yeah. But that 11 that we can't pick yeah. beats the 11 we can. On current form, I think it does. Doesn't I mean, it? so, <laughs> well, I think. Like, like, graphic, though, I, think it? Like, I think United's like, current 11 I, I, would I, lose to that. Harry Maguire and Tom Eaton and all this lot. If that like, team was managed by. A team and, a, like and they, they, they've been winning games. <laughs> no, no, no. And that, that midfield's way more <laughs> balanced than what we're currently playing. Right, the balance with the forward with line Amrabat, Amrabat, Maynou, and who else is in midfield? A mount. Mm. Like there is balance there. Right, I'll but give you not that. enough quality. But it's not better than no. Casemiro. I do or think Bruno. it's it, I, I, Ericsson. And Ericsson. It runs off him. I don't think I, it's better. I, I might, yeah. However, the fact that we can even have this question, yeah, yeah. it says a lot. So I would personally say it's a big problem that having a lot of those players out, hey, a lot of them who would be listen, starting. Pep's got five out. Yeah. 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 Hey, Jack Grealish is going to be out for another week. We've got a full got 11 issues. and subs out. Why do you think that someone's to blame for that? Because to me, initially, I go, that's bad luck. So I brought up on either earlier or the brew. I brought it up recently about uh, Dean Saunders mentioned this on Talksport, and I hadn't thought of it until then. And since then, I can't really think of anything else. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to sixty percent on hotels. So whether it's cousin Kevin's kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin, or Becky's bachelorette bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Are you about to say there was something logical and insightful said on Talksport? Yeah, he's, he's, I think he's already had his notice. Right, thank so, you. So, um, when you consider last season, with the World Cup in the centre of the season, the fact that Manchester United played what felt like 4,000 games post-Christmas, mm. Um, with a very depleted squad at the time, it was it was run ragged. I would think it'd be fair well, to say we could only have possibly played 
three more games than we did. The semi-final, double leg, and the final of the Europa League were the only games we could have played and didn't. Yeah, so, so. we played a lot of football games. Yeah. Uh, and a lot of those were games in the balance as well. This is what people go, Manchester City played a lot of games. They got to the final in Europe. They did, but they also snotted so many teams that that's one of the things that makes 99 so good is that we were on the precipice, great word, for, for so long in that season. It was in jeopardy for so long. It wasn't that we were battering teams 4-5-0 and you bring on you know, your reserves in the second half and you can relax as a mental thing. You know, when you're having to chase games, it's great and the dressing room's on fire afterwards, but like there's a mental toll to, to push in for 120 minutes sometimes. So the fact that we were on the edge and we couldn't really afford to take any of the competitions off like Arsenal did. You know, we, we pushed in every single competition. We were required to be winning in every single competition right the way until the death. And we, and we ran our players ragged. We had players that were injured and coming back forced the likes of Casemiro, injured, Domati, you got to just fucking dig it out. Then we had a short off-season because of the, the World Cup being in the middle. Then we went on the most gruelling... If anyone can find me a more gruelling pre-season than ours, mm. we laughed and joked about it. We had a great time going on tour, but we were tired. The players did eight games. Brighton did four. Mm. They didn't have the season we had last year with, with Europe and this, that, and over on top of that as well. Like... We had four. Now, I, I question, so you say, is someone to blame? Yeah. Whoever authorized this, and you go, well, you need to go and do your commercial things. Okay, football should come first. You get, I believe, somewhere in the region of two million per game is what you get by going doing those. Now, there might be other sponsorship obligations that might not have a, a monetary transaction associated with them. Like, you might need to go and do X while in California, mm -hmm. and you've already been paid for that, so you don't actually get money for doing it this time, but it was part of your contract with Adidas, maybe. I, I don't know. So there's probably obligations like that. There wasn't many that required the players to be there, because Ten Hag didn't let them do it, yeah. if you notice this, compared to the last tour that we, we did, or, or previous tours that we did, there was a lot more sort of activations and shit like that going on. If we're only getting two million per game for that, you could knock half of them games off. That's eight million that you're gonna take a hit on. How about sell one of the youth players for an actual price and there's your eight million back? How about finish a little bit higher in the, the league or go further in the Champions League, there's your eight million back. How about win something next season, there's your eight million back. We are penny pinching and not seeing the bigger picture. We're, we're being tight and it's affecting us later down the line. Like, if United had a successful season where we actually maybe had a title challenge to put in or we got to the final or semi-final of the Champions League, mm. you will get in many more than the six or eight million or whatever you bring in. And by the way, that might be six or eight million net. I reckon moving Manchester United Football Club and all, I mean, we saw just how many staff there are associated with the football yeah. club. I wouldn't be surprised if that costs somewhere in the region of two million pound yeah. to get to a city with Manchester United and hire the facilities that you need to hire. So what are you actually grossing from going to these places? And yes, we are doing a service to our fan base in that area and that's a, a, a noble cause. Manchester United aren't doing it for that. So no. don't fucking give me that. We're doing it because of commercial reasons only, I believe. Yeah. Now, how refreshing would it be if the club went, Gaffer wants to do all of our training at Carrington, he wants the players in their own bed because he's gonna fucking thrash them, We'll do two friendlies at Old Trafford, two behind closed doors games, and we'll be ready for the season. Yeah. Everyone would be like, fuck me, United are serious. And the other thing as well is, it's not like pre-season in the 90s where 
you know, you would play X amount of games. And like last season, or players these days are playing so many more games. There's more competitions, first of all, and the competitions are getting bigger and longer. There's a World Cup in the middle of, of, of the season. There's the, the Nations League, which is expected to be taken seriously. We're adding the Club World Cup in as well. Europe's we've had, expanded. The, Europe's expanded. So most players are playing in Europe most seasons now as well. Then we're adding in um, the fact that two years ago, through COVID, United players, who a lot of which are still there, came back six weeks before everyone else to finish off the last season, then had the shortest pre-season they've ever had, then played a full season with a World Cup or a Euros at the end of it, then played another full season with a World Cup or Euros at the end of it. Like, it's just, the amount of games now is insane. Also the length of the games as well, they're starting to do the main one. games like 105 minutes and yeah. Forest, there was 11 minutes of added time. And then at the end of that, there was another two minutes of added time onto the 11 minutes. I, I think it, like, so, new, so what Dean Saunders said to, to sort of close the loop on that is he said he's looked at this and he's looked at the venues that we're going. You know, what was it in total? Oslo, Edinburgh, Dublin, Manchester, New Jersey, San Diego, Las Vegas, Houston. Yeah. Fucking insane. And the, and the order that they did those games as well. So they start off in New York. Started uh, off in Oslo. New, sorry, started off in Oslo. Then the, the America leg that we were at, obviously. You start off in New York. Then the whole squad flies to San Diego, most of which don't play a single game in San Diego. Yeah. Like the main boys didn't play a game there. Then they fly from San Diego to Houston. Then they fly from Houston back to San Diego. Then they fly from San Diego to Las Vegas. Like... Why did the first team even go to San Diego? Why didn't they just go New York to they Houston? Using that as a base, they were yeah, but using it as a base, but it's it's more travelling, it's more movement for no real reason. Or why didn't you have the first team play the game in San Diego and the reserves play the game in Houston? Let them do the extra travel. Like it was, there was rumours of a game in LA that were then replaced by a game in Houston, which is a three-hour flight and a two-hour time difference. And it was just like it felt like it was all being pieced together last minute. And the amount of travelling and unnecessary well, it was, movement. It was like, th because we know from experience, like they were waiting to see what happened in the FA Cup finals, see if we were going to be in the charity shield. Yeah. So they hadn't signed off certain games and they didn't know what was going to happen with that and they were trying to move things around and waiting to see that. So a lot of it was fairly last minute yeah. in terms of the organisation and when these games were going to be there and we've got to do a game now, we've got, we've got an obligation like Steve's saying there. And yeah, it wasn't like proper planned in advance. A lot of it was... They knew what they had to do, but in terms of the logistics, it was relatively short. You, know, you think about the length of some of that travel and the jet lag that is involved with that. Um, and you you extrapolate that beyond um, the 90 minutes that are being played and the, the interviews and the, the time mm. you have to arrive at the stadium. This and Imagine how much more training you'd have done if you'd have just stayed at Carrington. Now, some people will say it's unrealistic to say that. I don't think it is. I think if you put football first, mm. you say, look, we're Manchester United, we do massive pre-seasons every pre-season. Because of the, the nature of what's happened with the World Cup, with the Euros, with this, without the other, this year, or maybe they do it, maybe every, they do it this summer coming, and they year. go, do you know yeah. what? Yeah, remember when it's a World Cup year or whatever, we don't. Yeah. And we do it all at Carrington, and we pack out Old Trafford, and we have family days at Old Trafford and this, that, and the other. Mm. And then the the ones in between, we'll we'll go to the Far East. We'll we'll, we'll maybe do something in Africa because we've really neglected that continent. We'll do America and, and maybe South America. But actually, these ones where there's a World Cup involved, the players that we have at the club are, are heavily involved in that. Generally, we should probably just focus it here. Mm. Like, and you could like Juventus quite famously have a dormitory at their training camp. Uh, Everett was telling us a great story about this because he was like, 
I've got to do what? Like, mm. And they move in there. And for the first, I think it's the first two weeks, they have to stay in there. And then if they hit certain like fitness metrics, they can start going home. I fucking love that. Yeah. I think that's absolutely sensational. And, yeah. and you know, I'm, I imagine the team spirit is raised by the those evenings together, you're playing pool, playing table tennis, playing a bit of FIFA. Um, you're still getting the the extras that you would get by traveling away, yeah. but you're doing it all in there. And imagine that you, you, you push that out to five or six weeks, all at Carrington, all in one spot. The you, the two or three sessions a day that you can do, you've got no travel and yeah. the lads couldn't actually earn a fucking night at, back at home with a missus or whatever. Yeah. And that, and also people be like, oh, that's old fashioned, that amazing. They do that anyway on tour. They're together every night for two weeks on yeah, tour, yeah. but there's just not, what, 25 hours of flights in the meantime. And also, why did we end in Vegas eight hours behind and come straight back? Why didn't we start in Vegas and time zone work our way back across the country? I asked someone so that, about that. What was the answer? The club, and they, they said they weren't happy with that. Right. Okay. <laughs> this is but we, obviously, as Man United, we had no choice in it. You know? Well, that was it, yeah. So it's, it's the tail wagging the fucking dog. Yeah. So, so they, I think that person had said, like, ideally next time around, maybe we. You know, we we start the furthest time zone away. So it's an hour per hour. So it's a day per hour. Yeah. So if you're in an eight hour time zone difference, you're eight days away from being back to normal. Is that what they set the little rule of thumb? Yeah. Like obviously, there's, there's probably some science behind that, but yeah. like that sounds about right. You're not going to be back immediately. No. Like we know what it was like waking up at fucking three a.m. and stuff like that. Yeah. Oh, yeah. great, nice one. Yeah. Like so, you can't tell me players are any different, and people want to look at the wages players get and think mm. that that means that human activity is like sleep, going for a shit, having a family, you know, having a kid that's in school. Yeah. Like these things still impact players. Yeah. You know, and the players are still actually, you'd be surprised how many of Manchester United's first team that have got kids mm. are the person that takes their kids to and from school yeah. because they have a job that allows them to sort of do that. Yeah. Now, if you're getting your kids up for school and you're going doing this, that, and the other, and you're fucking jet lagged, yeah. and you know, you are all of those things, like it's unnecessary pressure. And then when you think about how physically tired our team looks, like you can't look at United and go, spring chickens. No. no look they look drained. We look knackered from that Wolves game. Straight away, the first game, first the, from kickoff, Wolves looked up for it and we didn't. And you think, yeah, what's going on here? Yeah, and then every game since. Yeah, you think, oh, maybe that's a one-off, but it's not. Like, even now, our wins against Wolves and Forest have been the worst way to win a game almost. Like, going 2-0 down after five minutes against Forest, yes, we came back, but shouldn't be doing that against Forest at home. And the Wolves game, we were the second-best team and we rolled our luck a little bit with a penalty shout against Onana. So we've not really turned up so far. We've had little spells, 18 minutes against Brighton, 20 minutes against Bayern, half an hour against Spurs, whatever, but we've no, nowhere near uh, a full 90 minute or even a 45 minute performance where you go, yeah, we were smashing it then. No. Just don't look at the races at all. Not at all. I want to get into some more reasons as well for what is going on. Before that, let's get into our sponsor. For the 23-24 season, Off The Bar is sponsored by Green King Sport, where football is more than a game. And here's the best bit, Jay. Green King are showing every single televised Manchester United game all season. So instead of going on your computer and getting some dodgy stream where you don't know what you're going to get, it's foggy, it's not, you can't even understand it, get your mates together and go down to your local Green King pub. It is that simple. 
And Green King Sport have recently just launched the Green King Sport Instagram page, which is going to be the home of loads of fan content, deals, competitions and stuff all the way throughout the season. So go drop them a follow and you won't just be the first to know about this, but you'll be helping out Stretford Paddock as well. So please go do that. Make sure you check the link in the description and go and give them a follow. Just moving on from that. Transfer window. Um, well, no, January. Are we already looking forward no, to January? Oh, no, no, no. Save us, no. January transfer I'm, I'm, window. Come on, man. I'm That's look, what's needed. I'm looking back to hey, the transfer we window. We need that had. window, innit? And people will say that we spent money and we did spend money. But when you look at the players we brought in, yeah. it was Mason Mount, who I absolutely haven't given up on. I think he could be a very good signing, but was sort of somewhat surplus to requirements at Chelsea. We've upgraded Fred. We've upgraded Fred. We uh, got Rasmus Hoyland, who remains to be seen he's a promising start for my eyes he scored twice already we've uh, replaced one of the three strikers we lost exactly <laughs> um, <laughs> don't, don't, don't. and then we've got Amrabat on loan which we sort of cobbled together the cash for at the, at the last minute we've got Onana which I think is a, a good signing despite the fact that he's had a bit of a stinker in the, against Bayern but when you look at the players themselves take away the price tags it's hardly a, a statement of intent of a transfer window, is it? It's not one, you look at what Bayern have done. They almost didn't win the league. They won it. They almost didn't win it. Do you look at what City did? And they went and got Harry Kane and Kim Min-Jae. Yeah, yeah. Like, that's what City they do the when they, Bayern do that. They go out and who they did, get... Who did City bring in? They brought well, in Kovacic. Uh, Vardyol, Kovacic, yeah. Doku. Dung, uh, Doku, sorry. Dunk. Dunk. <laughs> to be honest with you, he's having a decent <laughs> spell, isn't he? Um, and he, you know, he loves the centre-back, doesn't he, Pat? Yeah. Um, yeah. And then they, failed they've, to get they, they've done what we used to do. Yeah. We won the league and went out and got Nanny, Anderson, Owen Hargreaves. Like, we used to do stuff like that. We used, that. Do you know what I mean? It was, wasn't it? Like, we used to go, go out and go, right, in fact, we, did we get Tevez that window as well? Uh, was it on the window? No, no, no that, was, that was the window. Was that yeah. the window, yeah. Yeah. Was, uh, yeah. That was a turbo window, window, wasn't it? Or we'd, you know, we'd win the, the, the league. It was on loan, kind of. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> For two years. <laughs> someone. Um, Wild. That's what you're doing it when you're strong, you strengthen. Yeah. And now, now we're just playing catch up, and we're also strengthening with some players who there's a bit of a question mark around. Yeah. And, and the, other, the other point of this is the other side of it, because I'm not going to judge <coughs> transfers in six games into a season, regardless of how good or how bad they've been. I think you need to wait till minimum Christmas before you start giving you know real reviews of transfers. I agree with that. Seen so often players having bad seasons, let alone bad games, and then turning it around. However. The ability to sell players is my real worry. Players like, for instance, Harry Maguire, Scott McTominay, Donny van der Beek, maybe to a lesser degree, Anthony Martial, Jaden Sancho, okay. players that we've heard many, many journalists, reporters, uh, even people within the club say um, were on the chopping block if there was a, a, an option there to, to get rid of them, if we were able to sell them. And all of those players we weren't able to sell. Donny van der Beek is still at the club. He's not even in the Champions League squad. So we couldn't play him yesterday, and we've got Dan Gore on the bench. We've got Hannibal Medbury on the bench, players who have never really played many games for Manchester United. No. And we've got a £40 million bloke who can't even get in the squad, yeah, yeah. and we can't sell him. Like, what, what is that about? It's just that we've spoke about this m millions of times. The contracts that the players are on are just ridiculous. Like, I look at even Christian Eriksen. I don't feel like <clears> I'm digging him out, because I like him. He's a good player and that. But even the fact we give him a deal to 2025 is a bit of a madness. Because it's like he's on big money as well, from what you gather, and like he's maybe the reason I'm singling him out is 
this is meant to be this new era where we're not giving out daft contracts. Mm. We're, we're, we're sort of moving on from the Jaden Sancho's on 300 grand and Anthony Martial's on 275, whatever it is. And we're still doing it. Mm. We're still kind of giving out the contracts that no other club would really do. No one else is going to give him a deal like that, would it? So it no, still feels like we're still a, in that era. You're a one plus one? Yeah. Could you not have done something like that? Or even a two plus one. <clears throat> like Casemiro is yeah. another example, obviously. I think he was excellent last season and I think he's struggling this year, but so many people are that I'm not going to blame him entirely for that but giving him a five-year deal when he's about to turn 30 again is it unlike uh, this sort of the when well, United went their came? best we didn't do it's that it's desperation is that why yeah. we were desperate because we went for Diogo yeah. all summer and didn't get him because like Fergie it was one year when it when you hit 30 yeah. even if you ran gigs you signed 10 one-year deals till he was 40 or whatever <clears throat> but we're in a position of strength there well, now you can't do that with a signing though so you no, signed someone true. for yeah, 70 true, million like we did with Casemiro yeah. you can't put him on a one-year deal and that, that yeah. to be honest with you that wouldn't surprise me we tried that's so. absolute fucking carnage yeah. Yeah. but yeah so, but also you don't have to put him on five no <laughs> but we're desperate but do three plus one There's, those are the only two options Steve one or five he there's might no have just said you know I want that security um, and that might have been the only way that a five year deal I think it was a five year deal wasn't it that was wild yeah. if, if it's five year deal I thought right I, I thought it might be four but four is ridiculous but five as well and already there's question marks about the kid at 31 is he now it's like we've got another four years of this and he ain't going to get improved he might I, I mean, it's to me like Casemiro looks like front. he needs a fucking week off yeah you know, didn't he play 180 minutes for Brazil as well sorry it's four years with an four. optional fifth I bet, so. was, I bet we take that option as well. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I bet we take that option like next week. We'll yeah, go, yeah, so I know that like, every year we go. Do you want to kick it in now? But, so we've definitely got it. Yeah. Like Scott McTominay, I know he's, he might be on more money than he's going to get at West Ham or Everton, but he's not on that much money. He's He, to me, is the perfect sellable player. <clears throat> He's, he's, he's had many years at the, the top level. You, you know, he's not going to push you to a, a Premier League, but he'll do well in most of the Cups. He can play a game. He can work hard for a decent team. He can get minutes. And you see him in a Scotland shirt. I yeah. mean, shit the bed. We should be like Scotland's number one fans. There should be highlights of Scotland games all over the place at Old Trafford. Yeah. But he's not on he tons of money. For him. And and he's, he's got a, a bit about him. He seems the there. perfect player to sell. 35, 40 million... Whatever, between 30 and 40 million, something in Wait, that region. We picked up the phone for fucking Sean Longstaff yeah. and Newcastle years ago said 50. Yeah. So you can't tell me that if that's what Sean Longstaff is worth, that Scott McTominay is not worth at least 50. Yeah. But even the thing is, at one point, it looked like he was going to go to Newcastle and his star was quite high. Then there was West Ham coming in for him. I think the more he plays this season, the less people are going to be interested in it. Yeah. Because he's just not turning up. And it's like, he's going to have, what, six months till January of either not playing or barely playing. And when yeah. he's coming in, he's not really impressing. I know he's got time to turn it around. I just feel like we're just constantly stuck with certain players. It's just like- Don't want to be still being at Manchester United is hilarious. It is, isn't it? Yeah. It, is. it is. And it's like, what no, can even, you do with him? Even Tom Heaton. Like, I, I fucking love Tom Heaton. Right, like, so. I don't think we've actually seen the daylight of him fucking cuddling me at the end of the game in, in Dublin. Like, that, no one's put that out anywhere yet. But yeah. like, I genuinely love Tom Heaton. Yeah. But Tom Heaton, I know had offers to play in the Premier League and he's still at Manchester United. Like, at what point, the kid that we just signed, the Turkish kid, yeah, is he down. much better than Kovar? I don't know. Well, you, I, I, you mean you've just fucking traded a kid who's been here that's proven himself? Like, could Kovar not have been our number two? And you go, stick around and be number two this year rather than going out on loan because sounds like Anana's decided he's gonna go and play for Cameroon again. So uh, yeah. you will get a, a few weeks of being first team, first choice. What a fucking uh, carrot that is to dangle for that young kid. Yeah. And then you, you impress, 
we'll put you out on loan again next year and we can manage this kid that we have on our books rather than a gamble on something that you have no idea if it's fucking good enough. And then, you know, Tom, what's Tom doing? Like, yeah. he could be playing Premier League. Now, I don't know if he's been spun a yarn about whether he's going to play maybe instead of... Mm. Uh, Do you think there's a big difference in wages from what he's on now and what he's been offered? I think that is it. Because I kind of, it annoys me a little bit, but I kind of get it if, you, if you're earning a lot Mate, more If you're money. second slash third choice goalkeeper at United, United okay, everyone's going to go, what about Dean Henderson? And I go, all right, yeah, fair play. But I don't imagine that you're on bank-breaking mm. cash. Yeah, I'm yeah. sure he's all right for a fucking round, but... Yeah. Yeah, yeah I, just, I just... That's my only thing is, like, if it's... Say say we've put him on, I don't know, let's just say for the sake of argument, 60k a year. My feeling uh, is that like United yeah, is United. Yeah, like he's some, like, McDonald's manager. Um, 60k a week, and let's say the next offer he's had is 40k a week. It might be enough to make you think, I'm going to make it, 20k a week. No, I, I don't think it would. I, I think playing, Do with, you a, with such a short career, I think playing's important. I think a big driver for Tommy is, is he a United fan? Yeah, well, there you go. That's all bets are off if you're a red. If you're a red. And also, <coughs> he might be looking at it going, you've got my man who's new, and also you could be got a... Afcon, you've got this Turkish kid. Don't know anything about him. I might get a chance. I might get yeah. that little tickle in. Also, we didn't sign by India until like the second day before yeah. the window ended. So it wasn't like Tommy and had a long time to decide. Knowing I the actually, lay of the land. I kind of like the last. Yeah, scene. I kind of. It, it was very obvious we were going to bring another keeper in. True. I don't mind the Tommy Eaton thing as much. The, the Tommy and the Maguire one, things like that, where you've got. You're an international footballer. Mm. You know your surplus requirements. You're Scott McTominay. You've seen us go out. We brought in Amrabat. We brought in Mason Mount. I know they're in different different types of players, but more midfielders are coming in. Yeah. The manager's obviously not doesn't fancy her. He's had enough of a look at her to know he doesn't want you. Harry Maguire. The manager will literally put Luke Shaw at centre back rather than pick you. Yeah. You're in England international. There's a there's a tournament. There's Euros at the end of this the season. You think they'd think go and get. First team football at a decent club as well. West Ham, I know we all mock him, but it's a big club. He won't start those Euros now, I don't think, Harry Maguire. I think he's getting his, his, his edging towards not doing. I Me think too. it's becoming too much of a thing. Yeah. Like it's, it's just, it's the only thing anyone talks about with England now. Yeah. Um, and there's so much more to give Gareth Southgate shit for. I think yeah, Gareth exactly. Southgate's loving it a little bit, isn't it? Maybe, yeah. He likes it's, like, it's all about Harry Maguire, innit? It's everything's Harry Maguire. Uh, it's, there's a lot more going on than Harry Maguire, like yeah. you're saying. There's questions about him, but it's just focusing on that. Let's stay on the United then. I want to get your uh, opinions on this stick. We're just having a look before um, at some stats. United's, I don't like your energy. United's away form. I don't like your energy. It's not good. United's away form isn't great, is it? Uh, so we've actually we've had a bit more of a, a deep dive into it. United have won three of our last 13 away games in all competitions, not including the FA Cup final as an away game. Um, because technically it was it was away from Old Trafford, but it's not an away game. I did a spreadsheet last week or the week before. You love a spreadsheet. I yeah. do love a spreadsheet. Yeah, uh, and I looked at uh, Arsenal, City, United, Newcastle, and looked at how many games we'd won against the, the top ten because I didn't like this snide top nine bullshit yeah. that kept getting flung up. Let me find it. Right. Okay. Well, you can have a look at that, and we can discuss the the fact that three wins out of thirteen against. Yeah away from home yeah the, we spoke about this on a preview as well was it Spurs away the 3-0 was the last time well that's the even beat. that's the even more incredible stat yeah. Steve, is that the last time we beat a top six side which is more of an established thing yeah yeah that's a, a top thing, six yeah. side away from home was Spurs in October 2021 two years ago since we beat a top six side away from home which is just astonishing and that was only two weeks after that away record that we had of 29 games in a row unbeaten was ended. Right. So we ended that run, two weeks later we beat Spurs and we've not beaten a top six side since. Top. 
Um, the reason that we have that the top nine thing is because we beat Fulham and Fulham were tenth. Right. That's why you see that thingy. Yeah. So against the top ten, obviously this adds up to nine because it, we top were ten. In the, who finished in the top ten last season or the current top ten? No. The, yeah. So who finished in the top ten okay. last season? Uh, we had one win, one draw, seven defeats, uh, which was the worst out of City, Arsenal, Liverpool, Newcastle, mm. etc. City only won two. Really. Who did they beat away from home? Arsenal and Fulham. Arsenal, obviously. So they won literally one against the top nine, if you love this fucking top nine stat so much. They won one. They also beat Fulham. They had three draws, four losses. Arsenal did really well. Six wins, one draw, two losses. Liverpool was three wins, one draw, five losses. Uh, and Newcastle was right across the board, three, three, three. So it's not like anyone's setting the world alight with these, Arsenal these games. Arsenal's are, yeah, yeah. It's all right, but it's not like... Like, if you look at City, the benchmark... They literally one more win against the top 10 than us. But a lot more draws. Yeah. Do you know what it is, though? It's, it's, it's not a thing for anyone else. It's become... What, did a, they not lose 7-0 at Anfield? Or 6-3 to themselves. Amateurs. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's become a thing, and like you say, the nature of those losses. Yeah. Like, it's, it's, yeah, it's painful. It is painful. I think it's a legitimate criticism of Eric Ten Hag. Like, and criticism doesn't mean sack him. No. Yeah. So I mean, if the missus forgets to fucking pick you something up at shopping, doesn't mean divorce her. Like no. that's, I think people have to take these things to the fucking nth degree at all times. Everything's extremes with people. Yeah. You can be disappointed. We were saying this and move on. People think unless yeah. you're blindly backing a manager, you must want him sacked. Yeah. It's like no, there's an absolute no, I, I myriad of look positions stuff, between like, those two. No, I like Marcus Rashford. I think he's fucking pressing needs a lot of work. Yeah. Yo, I, I, I the last weekend against Brighton. He was extremely selfish. I think he wasn't quite as selfish against Bayern, yeah. but he still wasn't a good performance from him. I still like the guy. Yeah, I yeah. still, I still think he's probably one of United's most effective players. Yeah. You know, when I look at um, Eric Ten Hag and I see we've been so good at home, I go, okay, you, you've nailed that. You know, literally outside of Brighton, everyone gets beat. Yeah. Like, it's fantastic. Whatever Brighton are doing, okay, we'll figure that out. But. Yeah. Fantastic. Now, maybe what it is about Brighton is they come and they like to have a bit of the ball. So does that mimic what it's like playing away when teams want a bit more of the ball and come and take a bit more of the ball, forcing us to play on the back foot? But we're playing on the back foot without necessarily being set up to play mm. on the back foot. We're setting up with a team that wants the ball but isn't getting the ball. No, and I wonder is that uh, to uh, like Christian Eriksen, unfortunately, scapegoat's too harsh a word. But he's the square peg in the round hole here for me in this. Like, I would have played McTominay. McTominay really doesn't want to get picked looking at his performances, though, to fit into this. So I'm hoping Amrabat comes in and takes that mantle of being someone that can provide a little bit of a screen, provide a little bit of energy. But the thing that McTominay's not got and the thing that Ericsson is, which is a little bit of quality on the ball to move the ball up to yeah. you know, the more attacking players. Does that alone help? Or do, is there a mentality shift? Because you look at our away form slash ability to play on the back foot and it's not good enough no it clearly isn't good enough look those games at Wembley were fucking mental this year the City uh, final especially it was just even the Bayern game we weren't in that game people go 4-3 close score night one you didn't watch it mm. like United aren't looking Union Berlin looked like they were more of a threat to Real Madrid mm. in the game beforehand now, we don't look, even though we've got very potent counter-attacking players, we don't look like we've got an ability to be a potent counter-attacking team. 
And we know the likes of Marcus and Bruno were fucking sensational at it. You know, I was seeing people talking about what we did in Paris pre-COVID. There was no chance of that being pulled off last night. Mm. No, we don't. But it's like, we, like you said, we've got to a point where, and I think Arteta had this to a certain extent over the last few years at Arsenal, where he's not, he doesn't seem willing to take a sort of backward step and go sort of Solskjaer mode and say, right, sit back and counter-attack. It's almost like play high and counter-attack. So we don't have the benefit of actually having men behind the ball. Yeah. So we've got these big gaps in midfield and we're not, but we're not playing and keeping the ball like a team that is doing that. Yeah. So we give the ball away all the time, but then we don't sit back. It's like we're counterattack from we're trying to counterattack from the halfway line, and this team's just pissing behind us over and over and over again. That's it. We're set up to be yeah. a team that's got the ball, but we, we can't keep it. <laughs> we we're, yeah, we're set up yeah, we're set up to play high possession with players or either who are unable or currently incapable of keeping possession, and it's just not working. I, at I think all. that's the the the. the the fix for United at the moment, I, I genuinely believe, is revert back to not giving up the chances we've given up. Because some of the goals that we've conceded are embarrassing. Mm. The, the way people have ghosted into the box with no marker, you know, the way people have just stopped running on the edge of our box, it's fucking criminal. Yeah. And the way we've, we've been allowed to be overloaded inside our own box and we've not transitioned properly. Okay, cool. You fuckers can't be trusted to get up the pitch. But so then- now you're not gonna be up the pitch. But just as a counter to that, because I've, I've thought the same, what happens when you get trapped in that or you get stuck as a sort of Solskjaer care. style? I don't care. But, you, but eventually people say, well, we've reached the ceiling. We've reached the ceiling. No, top I mean, teams hold the ball. Top teams yeah, they do, create but, like, chances They also over don't concede three goals a fucking game, they don't, but How do you go from then? So let's say this isn't working as it is. We have to sort of, the sort of, you know, military, fall back, just fall back. This isn't working. We need to go back, regroup. We'll yeah, regroup. See. Yeah. So that's so the So we do is... that. But then how do we go from being a team that is basically Harry Maguire would work in because we saw it, that style of play. Because it's not a permanent thing. But then it's... how do you go back and then successfully push up the pitch I'm, 20 yards? I'm trying to tell you. So we, 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 we go defensive first. Yeah. And we fix the problems from the back. Rather than going, we're conceding three, we'll try and score four because we're not going to do that at the moment. <laughs> Right, I, I would say <laughs> let's stop losing games before we start trying to win them. Okay. And I would say let's just start being meaner defensively, and we mm. will figure it out. Do that individual brilliance, brilliance that Solskjaer supposedly relied on. It's still there. How yeah. long? How long do you think you'd go with that? If you said like, look, we need to regroup. Is that a month? I think is he that tried a, that a little bit after the Brentford and Brighton game didn't, last season. The Liverpool game wasn't his, his style, was and it? And he's it trying to like more pragmatic. Again. Yeah. I, that's my worry is. That transition is always going to be painful, one way or another, for the players, no, for the fans. It doesn't something. need to be uh, like a stylistic switch. Right. It just needs to be. Uh, you you can have. You can have a philosophy, and you can have uh, an implementation of the all of the 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 micro things that that you want to see out of your football team. But you can limit them positionally. So I think it's not like it's not necessarily changing the fundamentals of what we do as a football club, but it's being more cautious. It's being less adventurous. It's being um, positionally a bit safer, a positionally trying to have an extra man in the back line, an extra man in midfield, rather than overloading an opposition's back line. We will try and play through them with numbers at the back first. 
we are giving up so many fucking shots and so many chances. People yeah. want to talk about how many shots Onana's allowed in and this, that, and other. Here's the bottom line of it. United have, have, have conceded the most shots. So the, the shots, the goals will follow the shots. Mm. Arsenal have conceded six fucking shots on target in the league. Yeah. We're something like 28. Mm. Of course he's conceded more fucking goals. Like, that's just... Statistics are going to happen. Like, by probability, you're going to go and concede more goals. We need to stop conceding so many fucking shots. And that requires us to just get a little bit meaner. Once we can go half an hour without conceding a shot, okay, now you can creep forward. How much weight did you put in the players coming back? Is that going to make a massive difference? I don't know much about this Amrabat kid, but him coming into the team, perhaps, maybe... Well, it feels not a bit maybe. Euro millions, doesn't it? Yeah. But like, I think it's the only thing we've got. Yeah. Do you think well, it will make it like... I know we've got a little bit of a weight, but like Shaw and wan and that, and Varane. Varane's that, that's going to fix this problem. I think Varane, Amrabat, Shaw, maybe even wan to a greater or lesser degree. And I actually think Mount might find his way into starting off the right-hand side, in all honesty. So that's you know, four international players to come back into the team. That should make a big difference. You know, four players can really and also, change you, a team. You made the point, I think, last night or this morning. How many of, that have, how many of them have, like, you're back four? It's completely mm. different. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? And also, the one player in our back four who you say is guaranteed to start hasn't been the same player as he was in Martinez. He's just not quite re fully recovered, I feel, or at least got his match fitness from his injury last season. Just doesn't look 100% to me. So, there are mitigating circumstances. I'm not excusing it because the performances have been woeful. But I think some of this, when you look at it and you think, you know what, if you've got Aaron Masaka in that right back position, or if you've got Rafael Varane in defence there. Yeah. It's such a boost, isn't it? Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Compared to some of what we've seen. Yeah, Lindelof's off the pace. Lindelof's fine as a backup, but he shouldn't be playing five, six straight games no. uh, you know, off the bounce. Varane's a worry, but we are better when Varane and Martin. I mean, Martin hasn't looked up to speed this I season. I think he's No, he's had a little fit. thing. And he's, he's getting he's subbed after 65 minutes. He's mm. clearly not fully fit. Yeah, maybe that's the case. Yeah, yeah. maybe he's not He's not fit. Maybe You can still see that quality where he's, when, like, he's got that quality. It's just... He's during the game, you know, like you'd see it for the entire 90 minutes. He'd yeah. just be perfect. Like last season, you'll have little moments where you think, oh, he could have done better there or whatever. Just fucking get Lance Armstrong's doctor, lads, and figure it out. Well, yeah. other teams do, don't they? Sort it. You know what I mean? Allegedly. Allegedly, down the road. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Allegedly, right. Juventus in the late nights. See, I wasn't quite as optimistic there, was I, Stay. I'm a bit more realistic now, maybe. Because yeah, we've just you've, been fucking you've batoned. Manchester United and Stephen Allison have beaten the optimism out of you. Uh, yeah. no, but we'll do it again. Yeah. Here's the thing. Yeah, in a couple yeah. weeks' time. <laughs> like, I, when I, we get I, that draw against Palace. What you don't realise, I expect us to go on a run now. I've, I think I've, we're capable. Yeah, I've yeah. done what Steve's told United to do. I've dropped back. I've retreated. Yeah. I've, I've, Retreat got, a, I've got a low block going Stop on. Stop taking here. shots. I've stopped yeah. taking shots. Okay. When United start winning, when United, I'll push forward. I'll be playing that high pressing style again. I'll be telling Steve why United are going in the league, probably in November. So get used to that. <laughs> get, good luck with Just that. Just quickly, Steve, are you genuinely worried about how it's a nice future? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, because I, I think I said this a couple of weeks ago, but I, you know, I still believe it. I, I think the, the noise around the football club. I don't know if it's ever been as bad. Hmm. Legitimately. No, like, no. We've had you. Glazer issues for 15 years, 16, 17, 18 years. Yeah. We've had individual player issues occasionally, but we've never had, like you was mentioning before, you've got what's, I mean, if you just look at the last 12 months, in the last 12 months, yeah. we had, it started with Cristiano Ronaldo's interview with that fucking, you know, <clears throat> elbow skin with a face on it. We've had, from there, all of the injuries 
to like Anthony Martial was given the Manchester United number nine on a fucking plate and said no thank you mm. like you had Ronaldo leave you had Cavani leave uh, you had all of the situation with Mason Greenwood you had um, a World Cup in the centre of it you had injuries you had the ownerships decided to sell rejoice psych mm, not so quick like you've had players that we signed are injured you've had players that we signed like we are looking now at the last weekend in September still not seeing our new signing just yet don't worry about it maybe we will one day um, you've had Casemiro come and look like he just had a fucking hot girl summer and has just fucking drunk mimosas and just fucking got after it all summer You've got Martinez is injured, Varane is injured, Luke Shaw is injured. You've got the ongoing situation that you can't sell Harry Maguire and the captain's armband issue surrounding him. And then a shit show with England because Gareth Southgate's picking players who don't even play for their fucking club. Um, I asked Jared Bowen about that, actually. What did he say? Um, I said, what do you think you need to do to get an England squad? And he gave the, the answer you would expect of professional footballers to give. And I said, you ever thought about not playing for about six weeks? What happens? <laughs> Probably won't make the edit. Um, <laughs> but then, uh, what was I going to say? That you've, you've got the fucking, don't even have a beak still here. Yeah. Like, if that doesn't also, highlight... Also, you've not even mentioned Anthony and Sancho there. Oh yeah, sorry, by the way. Our entire right wing just not available for one reason or another. And, and, and publicly fighting the manager on Sancho's, <laughs> in Sancho's case. <laughs> <laughs> There's a few things they, going on, isn't there, at the minute? Yeah, like, club, as they have, so club, because so of, of the fucking absolute level of black belt toxicity that's going on at Manchester United at yeah. the moment, it wouldn't surprise me if the Glazers go, do you know, there's two ways mm. that we get to change the narrative. One is sell up. Which yeah. they ain't doing. Which they, like, like they, that's not their favourite thing. No. Two is like fucking get a new manager in because yeah. then it changes the news cycle. War, war boosts president's approval ratings. Yeah. Like if we sack the manager. That's the equivalent. Distract distract from us. People will go, you know what? Don't worry about the Glazers for now. Get this new manager in. Everyone's happy again. Everyone's excited again. It's that. And they've done that loads of times. They've never sold. Yeah. So if you, you was trying to like be a betting man about which one's more likely, I think it is genuinely a lot more likely they sack Ten Hag than they sell. Mm. Like, which is depressing, mm. isn't it? Because if I had to say, who would I rather be at Manchester United? Them fucking idiots or Ten Hag? Well, it's clearly Ten Hag. And yeah. he sort of alluded to in his press conference, he's been brought in to discipline the squad. He's cutting about that. Some of them don't like it. Yeah. Um, you know, and it looks like whatever due diligence was done on Sancho was a load of old ass, and he's a fucking problem. Yeah. yeah. And I don't think that gets resolved. Does that cheer you up? Does that made you more I don't optimistic? Know if the Anthony one gets resolved. Yeah, quickly yeah. at least. That's what I yeah. wondered. Thanks None of it's that. getting resolved. And the Glazers stayed. Are you happy now? Yeah, I'm sure myself and everyone watching at home is feeling far more chipper than they were before. Thank you for watching. Hit subscribe to Stratford Paddock if you haven't already, and make sure you check out the Green King Sport Instagram page. The link is in the description. Go and give them a follow. Like I said, there's loads of competitions, all sorts of stuff on there. So give them a follow, and you help us out as well. Thank you, Jay. Thank you, Stephen, for just being an absolute light of my life as always. Like I said, hit subscribe if you haven't already, and we'll see you in a bit. Sports Social Podcast Network.